What up, folks? What it do? You welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. I'm your host, comedian Mike Goodwin, the Bowtie comedian, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in for another episode, another fun field episode. So, as you know, we start every episode with the uh, on the road again segment. And I was on the road again this past week. Had two shows, two of my favorite shows um, to perform comedy. One is a date night. I love doing date night comedy shows. I just think that couples need opportunities just to be able to hang out and enjoy a night of entertainment. So one of my personal favorite types of shows is date night comedy shows, especially when I do shows. I do a lot of shows at churches, so they are a uh, limited number of the type of events that that ch- churches will host. You know, most times when I, I'm being requested, I guess over the years, I mean, I think it's it's kind of it's kind of narrowed down recently, but over the years you are invited to youth events. So those are basically youth either youth services or youth gatherings. I, I talk about <laughs> what what would be would be known as a hell gig one of the worst experiences i've had was something called the, the fourth quarter not fourth quarter the fifth quarter fifth quarter is basically churches i think i don't know if anybody else is participating in this but churches do an outreach for young folks and they typically will do it during football season, after a football game, because a lot of times we realize that young people want to hang out after football games. And so many churches have tried to fill in that gap to provide some form of activity for young folks to come in a safe, structured environment. But they have all the stuff. They'll have they'll have games, laser tag. They'll have video games. They'll have popcorn and snacks. And they'll have foosball. It just will be a lot of activity. Well, one particular night, uh, someone thought it would be good to have comedy at a fifth, fifth quarter. And a buddy of mine, Marty Simpson, talked to me and another comedian. Well, you don't really have to talk comedians into gigs. Especially when you start now. You just present it and say, hey, man, we got an opportunity to do this. And you're like, oh, that sounds like a train wreck, but sign me up. So the fifth quarter was one of those experiences. So you have youth events for children and teens. And that could be a conference. That could be a service. Variety of things. The other thing you can do is pastor appreciations. Pastor appreciations that typically involve a banquet, a gala, some type of 
event where folks will buy a ticket and then comedy will be included in the program. They have a number of of opportunities for entertainment throughout the course of the night, but comedy can be inserted, especially a good 20 to 30 minute set. Man, that's, that's a great amount of time for stand-up. And you can do other things. Men's events. So like men's conference, men's gatherings. Men's events are one of the ones I've I've done a lot of those over the years. Don't really know how excited I get about men's events. Because men, I don't know, man, men in what I've experienced. I've had some great men events, so I'm not. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing men events. I'm just saying men typically can laugh a little better when their wife is there. Or women are around. Men's event, a lot of testosterone, a lot of testosterone. And some of the men sitting there looking at you like, man, I could do that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you can do it, but you ain't doing it tonight. Sit there and laugh. So men's event, there could be a little bit of wrestling. There could be a little tussling. It's not as smooth sailing as one would anticipate. So you have, and then, you know, the the, the topics that are being covered all the time in men event, man, this is some stuff that's like, you know, that men are dealing with, men dealing with some stuff. Or even if men aren't dealing with some stuff, they, you know, many times the way that men are ministered to, I don't know if that's the proper way, but what many of the way that some folks in some folks choose to engage men it can be very aggressive, can be very in your face. I know you're dealing with these secret lusts and desires. And so it's a very it's a very come and get you type scenario. We're gonna come and rescue you, we're gonna come save you, we're gonna we're gonna get the way you are. And so sometimes that that could be a very uh, very interesting environment to do stand up comedy in. So men's events you could do that number of those at churches. They do outreaches. You'll just have to do a basic comedy show. You'll do a comedy show, free comedy show for the community. Folks come out, and uh, whosoever will let them come. And so those people come out to the show. But then you also have. Women's events. Now, women event, I'm telling you, I just did MomCon in San Diego. Anytime I do women's event, women come out to have a good time. Ladies night out, mom's night out, girls night out. They're having fun. They're not coming out to be somber to be angry, to get into fights with people. They coming out to have a good time. So women's events probably are in the top three of my most desired events. Women's events. They, I mean, you do however you want to do it. Prayer breakfast. You want to do women's luncheon, brunch. It, if you got a room full of women, Sign me up for those jokes, buddy, because women enjoy laughing and fellowshipping, and I enjoy entertaining. So it's a perfect match. Then the other event 
is volunteer or dream team events that the church holds for the folks that serve, that serve in the ministry, serve in various capacities. I really enjoy those events. Number one, because that's how I got started doing stand-up. I was serving in the media ministry at my church. And Akintunde, who was a comedian at the time, was serving alongside of me and pretty much encouraged me, aggressively encouraged me to start doing stand-up. So there's a special soft spot in my heart for dream team appreciation, volunteer appreciation, any type of um, event in which churches recognize the folks that serve in, in the ministries. And then the number one, clearly, as I said, date night. You know, many churches will do a date night event and they'll have couples, whether it's connected to a marriage conference or it could be a standalone, just date night comedy night. Uh, those are always fun. Now, there's some other ones in there. Like, there's a wild game night. I've done a few of those. But those are really men's events. You got a wild game night. They just got all these different type of meat. Meeting men. I'm not going to say anything inappropriate. I'm glad I made it through this little piece without saying inappropriate things, especially when I was talking about the women's event. I had at least four inappropriate comments. Not even inappropriate. Just comments in which they would have been funny, but then I would have had to have a conversation with my wife. I would have had to have a conversation with my buddy would have called like, man, you know, you had to say it. So I, I did not release them to their destiny. I, I left the jokes. <laughs> I let them die on the vine, but I meeting me uh that's another. <laughs> so wild game nights. I've done FCA events, and but FCA shows up similar to the events I was talking about. There's FCA date night. There may be FCA, like just community gathering, which is basically it's a comedy comedy show. Um, but I had two of those this week. I had a date night that was in Branson, Missouri. So at Woodland Hills Church, Branson, Missouri. Shout out to my friend, Pastor Ted Carpenter, not Carpenter, Pastor Ted Cunningham. He's the a pastor and tremendous comedian. Uh, Ted is all over the country doing date night comedy shows, and he's phenomenal. Not only does he provide hilarious comedic content, he gives you real practical information on how to best serve your spouse and how to best navigate a marriage and to uh, give you insights and information on how to make your marriage the best marriage that it can be. So he had me in and I did a comedy night, date night at their church and their church is a castle, like a legitimate castle. And I posted the story, the picture on my story but yeah, this is Google Woodland Hills Family Church in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see a castle. There's a, a straight up castle. And it was at night. So I, I really didn't get the opportunity to, to tour the facility. But Bronson, Bronson, I think I'm saying that correctly. That's a very entertainment type place. It's, 
I don't I don't know his nicknames, but it's a place where folks. I don't like labels. Like y'all y'all heard me say this time and time again. I'm not the, the guy that the label folks and things. But uh, I think about like like they call Myrtle Beach the Redneck Riviera. I'm sure I'm sure Bronson is somewhere in that 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 family of of redneck entertainment. I, I think that that would be a safe thing to say. Not knowing Branson, I'm not. For, you know, only thing I know is like the Ozarks. I watched that on Netflix. Really enjoyed that series. But Branson, yeah, there was a lot of it's like a oh, that's a great yeah. It's like a conservative uh, Vegas. Yeah, it's like a uh, right wing Vegas. I don't. I think that's a pretty accurate account of what Branson, Missouri. Yeah, that yeah, or on a smaller scale, you know. Think about all the the pigeon fours and the dolly worlds, like. All into one place, like all of those things that are spread out around the country. Imagine all that just being concentrated in one in one place, and that's that's Branson, Missouri. And so I had the opportunity to fly out to Springfield. Springfield is about forty miles from Branson, um, and I did the thing. I, I'm not a fan. I'm, I, I'm, I maybe I need to start saying it. Yeah, I enjoy it because I, I, you know I'm not a fan of renting cars, man. I ah. I don't like it. I don't like it. All the cars I get in now smell like weed shop. And I got to tell the people, hey, man, I, you know, you, you get the car and you get in and it's like cannabis it smell all like the air freshener they use is the sticky icky. Mary Jane, all, all the names. That's what it smell like. So then I'm in the car and you, you're checking out and, and I say, hey, you can go ahead and note this on your on your information, but this smells like marijuana in the car. And then the person was like, "Well, do you want to switch out?" No, I don't. I don't want to switch out. I'm in a car. Like I got it, and I'm, I'm actually about to go over those little crazy. Don't back up and tell your tires up railways. So I'm. I just smell like weed for a day, like. But I don't know. I don't want to switch out. I got. I have the car. It's. We are together. But that's so I get the car, and when when I was checking out, the guy was like, you "Got two options." I think one was a, a edge, and I forgot what the other one was. I, I didn't have a preference. It was like one's black, one's gray. I was like, "Give me the black one. Give me the black one." So I get in the car. And like I said, it's like a forty mile drive from from Springfield to Branson. Thirty five minutes in, lights start flashing all over the dial, over the dashboard. Car starts like jerking, you know. Like if I get to a certain speed, it starts shaking pretty pretty violently, and I'm like, this is not good because all I all all I could think about is, man, I got to get up early in the morning and drive this car back. I don't know how confident I am that this car is going to make it back to Springfield. Like it made it to Branson, but 
the way that this stuff was happening, you know, lights flashing. And I think, and it was, it was a very new car. It really, car only had 3,000 miles on it. So it wasn't like it's been around the block. So part of it may be, you know, these new cars have all these sensors and they tell you when you're not within the lines. It, I, I don't know this car. I'm not familiar with this car. It seems like the car is having a tantrum. And I don't want a parent a car that continuously has tantrum. That's not how, that's not my parents style. My parents style is to, uh, corporal punishment, <laughs> but you can't whoop the car. Can't whoop the car. You can whoop other things, but you can't <laughs> discipline. You can't discipline the car. You can discipline other things. So I'm concerned. You know, I'm concerned I get into Branson. This car is giving me the EBGBs. I'm like, man, I don't want to wake up again. I don't wake up in the morning and have issues. Because I don't think that, I don't know the Uber situation from Branson to Springfield. I, I just didn't want those concerns. So I call, I say, hey, I got some issues with this car, roadside service people. Once I got to the hotel and they said, well, you can switch it out at the local enterprise that's there in Brunson. I was like, great. I looked, it was like six miles from where I was located. The person sent in the paperwork on the phone. It was like, oh, we can make a switch. Just take it down there. And even if they say they don't have anything, don't worry, because we'll send something from Springfield up. Like, we'll get you something. I was like, great. So the person called me. I went and threw my stuff in the room. I said, hey, I'm going to come right over. They were like, we want to know when we'll have the paperwork ready. He said, go ahead and get it ready. I'm coming. Just checking in the hotel. They said, hey, we only have Ram F-150s. And so I'm not a car guy by any stretch. But when I heard Ram F-150s, I was like, that's not like a pickup truck. I'm like, yeah, we just have pickup trucks so I guess I'll be driving a pickup truck and so that's what happened I went and switched out my mid-size SUV for a full-size pickup truck because I'm in Branson I got to ride with everybody's ride and they had it on the country music station which I really enjoy listening to country music when it's on the station I wouldn't say I'm a country music. I'm not not a fan, but I you know I don't. I do listen to country music. I like Chris Stapleton pretty good. He just had he got a new song out, Ram, if I'm not mistake, mistaken. And I was listening to the country music station, and I just kept it on there. I just kept it on the stage. A couple of songs that I liked, and I did the little hey man, tell me what song this is. So I, I, I'm gonna get those songs on a, on a playlist. Or something. But one thing I did notice about country music safety, I've I've said this tremendously. I've said this a lot over the years. Man, they write some song about love. Like if you I'm talking about love, not not like, hey girl, I wanna get you in the room and do the things that we wanna do. Like I'm not talking about that type of I'm talking about love. Like I wanna hold your hand. I wanna kiss you on your forehead. I wanna Move your hair back. It's like, man. But then there are some other songs that this is like, I hope you die in a ditch on a rainy day. Like there's some of those. 
So I, I have been giving country music a little bit too much credit. Uh, that, I can't remember this one song that they had played, but it was like, you're not worth the whiskey. I think I, that, that might not be the name, but the guy was basically saying he broke up with this girl and he was out drinking and one of his friends, her friends saw him. It was like, oh, he's trying to get over this breakup. He's like, no, nah, man, you're not even worth the whiskey that I was drinking at the bar. So you, whatever. But there are all of those songs. There's a number of um, songs that would share how much I don't love you anymore. And I'm going to have a good time. And I'm going to party. And I'm going to rock and roll. And I'm going to kick up some dust, dirt, and all that type of stuff. Now, those, those, those songs exist. But there are some songs that make you feel like, Man, I sure wouldn't mind hugging my lady right now. Like, just, just really heartfelt. Man, I'm glad to be in a wonderful relationship type song. So, there's a, I enjoyed my time. But then, listen to the radio station. Then, you know, there's certain things that come on the stage. We're like, oh, that's not, I don't think they're for me. And so, that's the thing about country music sometimes. I'll be listening, having a grand old time. And then there'll be a commercial about, Dixie Outfitters, and I'm like, oh, that's, hmm, I don't think they, I don't think this for me. I don't think this is for me. And then some, come on about Nancy Pelosi is resigning. Hey, I don't think this is, uh, it's not for me. It's not, it's not, they're not talking to me. They, they don't even know I'm listening. I have heard Nancy Pelosi's name too many times this weekend for no I'm in a football game. Somebody said Nance Pelosi's name. I was like, what in the world? And this was at, actually, I'll talk about it later, but the, I went on the road again. When I came home, I took my son to the South Carolina-Tennessee game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, politics in jump to my right, left, middle. Yeah, I ain't the guy. And I'm major in political science, man. And I've had a, I've had a, a, a I guess, a evolution of, of my political thought and, and comfort. But, yeah, man, uh, I, why am I hearing Nancy Pelosi's name? Right? On the radio stay, I want to hear about some love. I want to hear about some, some beer and whiskey and, <laughs> and uh, honky-tonk, badonkadonk. I mean, I want, that's what. They were saying about it. I don't know if I necessarily want to hear about that. But so, yeah, that was Branson, right? So I got to Branson and uh, doing the what you're not going to do. I'm going to talk about Branson just a wee bit more. So then that next morning, I had to get up. So I gave my, my pickup truck. I went to the, man, I went to the date night. We had a great time. It was a great, wonderful night of comedy. I had a great time. They had Pastor Ted this, this did a bit. He had a couple played his game. There was another kind of musical comedy uh, group called the Copes. They were hilarious. It was a great night. And it was a packed room. Packed room in the castle. So I had a great night. Hustled on back. Now the issue with Branson is it's a tourist town. It closed at 9 p.m. Restaurants. Every, it shuts it down. So I thought I was going to get back to the room. Or the room service. Now room service closed eight thirty. I think I got back to the hotel at like nine ten. So my dinner options were pretty slim. But 
went to bed, got up, made my way back to Springfield to catch a flight to Pittsburgh. So I was, I was flying from Branson to Pittsburgh, which is that connections in Atlanta. So did that Pittsburgh. I had a volunteer appreciation or dream team comedy night in West Virginia. So now the goal was to fly into Pittsburgh because it's about flights. You know, I fly Delta. I want to fly comfortably. I got a little status. I'm close to diamond, but not close enough. Like I'm looking at it. I think I have to the end of December and I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I just need to probably just book all the flights that I have upcoming. And that's, that's something I'm going to do. I'm just going to go and book all the flights. So I, I've not had diamond before. I've been platinum for a while. I, I feel I want to get up on some of this diamond activity. Uh, so I might just buy a flight just to see if I can sneak over into diamond. So I try to get on the Delta flights, man. I, I, there was a point in my career where I would try to find the cheapest flight. So I would be bouncing around from American to United to Delta, Southwest, just whoever had the best numbers. But I cut that foolishness out a few years ago and said, hey, man, I'm going to put, I'm going to run with the one that got me here. I'm going to go with the Delta because I enjoy Delta just in general. There's a lot of flights out of Columbia. You, you typically connect. It's the connection. It's, it, it Delta, you either connect in Atlanta and American, you de- connect in Charlotte. And I like Atlanta. I like the Atlanta airport. I like the Delta lounges. I don't know much about American lounges. They may have some great lounges in America. But America, I've not had the best experiences. They just kind of felt like they always been nickeling and dying me. They would look at my suitcase side. They had the little, the little measurement thing before you get on the flight. An American, they got the little template that you gotta see if your bag fit i don't like that man because my bag fit and it don't fit in the little thing but i can get it on the plane and fit but you're telling me here it don't fit so i like that so i'm going with delta man so i got a little status so i'm trying to find flights that are comfortable that i'm not flying in uh boarding main cabin x Cause if I go to other folks, man, I'm over in American, man. I, I, they bored me. In the last little servants, serfs, <laughs> and commoners. That's what I I, I bored over over at other airlines at Delta. I'm, I'm in the first. I'm in the. I'm in the VIP at the minimum. I'm in the sky priority. And, you know, most times I'll be getting a little first class or comfort plus. Comfort plus is expected but not an American. So so I flew from Branson to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, I flew into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is like two hours from where I was supposed to be in West Virginia. Had an event in Clarksburg, West Virginia, Clarksburg slash Bridgeport. So flew into Pittsburgh, found myself at the rental car spot, get in the rental car in another Cannabis caravan. I found myself in. Uh, this was, <laughs> I think I was in a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Rogue, little mid-size SUV. So got in that. Was on my way, riding along, whistling Dixie. Well, I wasn't whistling Dixie, but I was riding along, 
And I kept noticing on the street, on the signs, they were talking about Snow Squall. Now, I don't know what so Snow Squall is. And then I, I think I do have a little bit of dyslexic situation going on because I thought it said Snow Squirrel initially. I thought the thing said Snow Squirrel. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what a Snow Squirrel is. And I definitely don't know what a, a Snow Squall is. Well, for those of you that don't know, Snow Squall is basically a snow thunderstorm like how a thunderstorm just rainstorm just appears and it just dumps rain and keeps that's how that's what a snow squall is and i had one of those happen i'm 40 minutes into this ride two hour ride to 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 west virginia the bottom falls out and in the bottom of the freezer like it's snow i'm driving in a winter wonderland and it's cold I'm thinking at that point, it's probably 30 degrees, 29, 30 degrees. So not only is it snowing, stuff's starting to ice. Now, that's the dangerous part in these weather conditions. This is ice. You can deal with snow. But that ice, that's not what you want. Not, not the ice, ice, baby. I'm not I'm not the brothers of A5A. So I, I don't want the ice, ice. I want the uh, dry, dry, the clear, clear. So the bottom falls out, snow, snow everywhere. And I'm at, like, I'm at least an hour, 20 minutes out. So I navigate my non-snow driving self into West Virginia. But it's it's bad in West Virginia. It's like it's, it, 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 like it, it dropped. I made it to like a clear spot, but it was like there was some snow squall in West Virginia, in Clarksburg. So I get there and. So I'm thinking I'm getting there around four because by the time I, I get to Pittsburgh, it's right at one. You know, you get your rental car and all that. It's two. My event's at six. I get to the hotel after I get something to eat. Um, I go to Panero. I feel like a, a Viking when I go to Panero Bread because they give you that slab of bread. I'm like, what the ale? You gonna give me this big chunk of bread with no ale? I feel like I need some ale and a shield and a mace. You know, the, I keep I'm talking maces quite often. But made to the room. It's like four o'clock at this point. My daughter, this is Friday night, so she had a performance. My daughter was in Oklahoma, the musical Oklahoma at her school. She was at a it was a musical, so she was singing and dancing. So I get to the hotel. You know, get myself situated, talk to my daughter before her her presentation. And, man, that snow is falling, ice, roads, everything. So by the time I leave the hotel to go over to the event, I put it in my GPS. It was eight minutes. But then after all the weather conditions, that eight minutes changed to, like, 23 minutes. But I was still game. I let, the, I, you know, I told the folks, I communicate when I get into town. With my point of contact, because that's one thing you got to learn. Sometimes I don't do it as well as a job when I get into town of alleviating the nervousness. Because people are like, is he here yet? Where is he at? I hadn't heard from him. So I did a better job. On, I didn't do a good job on Thursday because they were texting me on Thursday as I was driving to the event. They were like, what's your ETA? What time you expect to be there? It's like, yeah, like six minutes, but I can't text you back because if I get off the map, I don't know where I'm going. So I I just won't respond. I'm just very quiet right now. So then they won't hear from me. Then they'll contact the folks that work for me, and then they contacted me. 
So I just need to make sure I let folks know when I get to the hotel, when I'm leaving, what time I'm anticipating being at the event. I, that's on me sometimes because I'm just trying to know what jokes I'm going to tell to be funny. I'm not thinking about what time I'm going to get to the venue. But I told her, I said, hey, you know, I'm leaving. It said eight minutes, but it says 23 minutes. And said, well, you know, <laughs> so she was like, oh, there's no problem. We're going to start a little late. You know, we're getting texts and stuff from people. Just having some difficulty finding their way in. Okay. And I was game. I got in my little car. I got my little Nissan Rogue. But it was ice in the parking lot. It's at the Spring Hill Suites. I enjoy Spring Hill. I don't know what. I don't know if that's a Marriott property. I don't know what property is. That's one thing I, I haven't been doing. I'm starting to do now. I've been doing status on flights. I haven't been doing status in hotels. I Man, I'll be everywhere. I'll be everywhere, man. I'll be in the Hampton Inn, Holiday Inn. I'll be in the State Bridge Suites, the Embassy Suites, the Double Tree. It, it don't matter. Like, <laughs> So I'm starting to be a little bit more uh, intentional about that Marriott Bonvoy. I think I like those Marriott Bonvoy property. But I do like some of the Holiday Inn. I like that ho- uh, Hotel Indigo. I like that. I like that. Uh, there's a couple of hotels the Westin, I like the Westin. I don't know what property they involved with. But so there's certain places that I just want to get close to the venue. I, I, don't, I don't really have a lot of preference in that regard, but I'm now starting to be more mindful. Even though, uh, what's the thing? I, I The Hilton Garden Suites. The Hilton Garden Inn Suites. I, I enjoy. And one of the things I've been doing is letting other folks book rooms, and they getting the, they getting the points. I'm like, no, nah, let me get my points. Let me let me take my points. And then I got to put your last name in to get on the internet. I don't know your last name. I need my last name. Know the people's last name. But I digress. So, yeah, I walk out to Stay Bridge Suites. And the roads are a mess. So now, like I said, it went from eight minutes to like 23 minutes. And and it's taking me into the thick. It's taking me into where everybody at. And it don't look good. So I, I pull out to head over to the venue and uh, I'm driving along. And the roads are icy because especially when I made the left, I don't think it was a lot of a lot of traffic going that way. I noticed up the road, it's a, it's a car kind of stopped in the middle road. So I, I stopped and let them do whatever they did. So they must have hit a little ice patch because they were kind of slipping and slide. So they made a little turnaround. I said, oh, man, I'm a, you know, I'm a soldier through. And I hit that little same little ice spot in my car. So I got my foot on the brake, but it's still moving. It's still doing a little a little electric slide. And I say, you know what? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do this now, player. I'm going to take this on and park this. I'm going to park this. They're going to have to send somebody over here to get me. Cause I, I won't. Yeah, I felt no confidence. When my, when my tire and I had my foot on the brake and my car was still moving, I said, now, nah, bro, we going to go park this playboy. So I went. Did a little slippy slide, three-point turn. Then I, I kind of went by the hotel, so I had to go and turn around and did another little slippy slide. I said, yeah, we're about to park this. And uh, so I called him back said, hey, I would probably feel a little more comfortable if you send somebody over. I don't have the wherewithal to, to be in a place to, to navigate this ice and get up and tell jokes. So I just want I'll lead the joke telling part to me and y'all take care of the driving. So they sent a guy, Pastor Josiah came over, 
He's from the area. He had no issues getting us to where we need to be. Plus, the roads that he chose were clear. I didn't know those roads. The GPS was taking me to the unclear roads, the very icy roads. So he came, picked me up, and uh, that was got back to the venue. Had a great night, great night. But I was a little concerned about the get back because I still had to get back to get Pittsburgh. And I knew it was going to be a little icy getting out of the hotel. So I decided to get up a little bit earlier than normal to this because it was a two-hour drive. I think my flight boarded at like 6.20. So I said, man, I'm going to get up at 2.30. Hopefully be on the road at 3, give myself two hours. Now, here's the other issue I have with travel. For whatever reason, I don't know if this is a conspiracy, there's something happening with the government and airlines but it's very seldom that you find a airport close to a gas station the gas stations are always nestled somewhere it's not evident like if i'm driving to church i'm gonna pass four or five gas stations without a problem not when i drive to airports if i drive to airports one now, Columbia is a little bit different because when you get off on the exit, there is gas stations right there on that first stretch. Now, once you turn off into "quote unquote" Airport Boulevard, there's no, there's no more air, no more gas stations. But at least coming off the interstate, going to the airport, you won't you won't pass gas station. That's not the norm. Like I just really get frustrated because I'm just like, oh, I'm driving to the airport. By virtue of driving to the airport, I feel like I should drive by a gas station. It's like, no, you are not. You're not going to drive. And it's not just gas stations. There's nothing. Like a lot of these places, you're not going to pass a restaurant, a fast food joint. It's just airport boulevard. And so no hotel. Like it's just wild. So I knew I had to like get off on a little beaten path and find a gas station, which I did in a little sketch part because it wasn't no lights on. Like most times there's like 24 hour gas stations. This place, the gas stations will work. The pumps were working, but it was man. If hey, I, I, you know, I'm always, my head's on a swivel, but that would have been one of the moments if, if four or five guys just pulled up on me. Hey man, and which I won't. I, what you want? I got to give it to you because I'm compromised. So I uh, had to get back on the road and make that 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 trek back into Pittsburgh, which worked out really well. No issues, no concerns. Uh, made it back to Pittsburgh. Got on the flight, Pittsburgh to Atlanta, Atlanta to Columbia, South Carolina. So I made it back in Saturday morning. Uh, around 10 maybe and want to get my butt in the bed because I had to take my son to the Tennessee South Carolina game. That's why my voice may seem like it's it's taking a little hit because I kept yelling. It's another Carolina first down. That was that's boy. If you had a game, I'm a fan. Like I'm a I'm a South Carolina fan through and through. I don't I don't talk about it. I don't bother people. I, I'm I'm in my own little fandom. I don't text people. I don't post stuff on social media about other people's teams. I didn't, I've been that guy. I've been through 
the aggravating friend, your team lose, I'm gonna call you, I'm gonna text you. I don't I don't do that. I mind my business over here with my fandom, my sports team. I go to the games when I can. I support however I do. I listen to the post game interview, all the stuff. I'm 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 uh I'm I'm actively fanning. I'm an active fan. I'm a participant. I don't listen to talk sports radio like I used to. I had to had to get out of there with the crazies. But I have a I think I've a pretty a pretty healthy uh, allegiance to my sports teams, even if they're bad, even when they're bad. And uh, our teams have been bad, bad, you know. And I tell you know on the road because people always say hey, you know you're a fan of South Carolina. So I initially I, I try to stay out of like these going back and forth. Somebody say you're a fan of South Carolina. I'm like unfortunately I'm a fan because I I want to disarm people. I want you to. Feel like now you got to get into a thing with me. I do the self-deprecating fan stuff. I'm like, my life's so good. I got to have something in it that's not working well. Like, I just, I don't want want the discussion. Now, if you want to just have a regular conversation about your team and and sports, that's fine. But, yeah, man, my allegiance with, and that's why I always wonder, like, do people think you're going to turn me? You know, you you say this about my team. You say that about my team. And, and I'm like, you know, you right. I'm going to put it in an application to become a fan of the team that you like. Like, yeah, man, I'm a fan. I'm a fan beyond sports. Uh, the University of South Carolina was my dream school once I started reorientating myself to school. I, miss, I, I wish I would have known in high school because I, I was a trash student. I've said this before. I'm trash. So by the time I got out, well, I was looking to get out of the military. I signaled, I kind of, you know, realized, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to come back home. And so <laughs> I went on college tour. I went on college tour in South Carolina, and it was beautiful. Like, it was all the things. It was just like, oh, I can't wait to be an undergraduate here. And they said no. They said no, no. They hit me with the destiny child. No, 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 no. We say yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I wasn't devastated because I had some other options. I end up having a great undergraduate experience, but if I want to be honest with myself, I would have wanted to been accepted at the University of South Carolina. I probably could have still, I could have transferred, uh, but once I'm a loyal guy, so once you know Lander, who I attended undergrad, you know Lander, they accepted me, all my flaws. Matter of fact, this is probably what was the benefit of. Um, Lander versus the University of South Carolina. The University of South Carolina was evaluating my transcript. They were looking solely at my transcript. They were looking solely at my test scores. And my transcript was was awful. Like, it, I wasn't a good student by any stretch of the imagination. Lander, they took into account my transcript, my test scores. But then they realized that, hey, man, this guy has not been in high school for four years. So there's a gap of time for four years. What has he been doing? Oh, he was in the army. Okay, let's look at this army stuff that he submitted. So they, there was another, an additional. Oh, okay, yeah, we recognize that this transcript is not impressive, but for four years, this guy's been serving in the military. He was in Korea. He was a Fort Stewart in Georgia. He got these army accommodation medals. He has these great uh, letters of recommendation that was sent in from the, you know, leadership that he worked with. And 
on the University of South Carolina. They they it's more numbers. It's a numbers game. So they have if they can if they can get an easy no, that's how admissions often work. If you can get an easy no, we're gonna get those folks out of the way. So we're gonna grapple with some other folks in terms of like making the yes. This is a person on the borderline. I was an easy no. I was an easy no, and that was my fault. So I was an easy no, but I was in love. Like I walked that campus, that man, I was like, oh, I can't. So I did ultimately return to the University of South Carolina as a graduate student and got my master's from there. But if I'm honest with myself, I'm one of my disappointments or regrets is that I didn't go to the University of South Carolina as an undergraduate. I just um did not put myself in the position to be and I would have wanted, I mean, again, I think the transfer thing, that's a conversation I I probably have myself, but once I once Landa was like, Yeah, you know, we see who you are. And then I, I man, I got uh accepted to this presidential Lander let us Lander's leadership. Lander is L P L P Lander's presidential leadership program. I got involved with that. They basically selected 30 students, freshman students, to be a part of a year-long leadership intensive. And there may have been, I don't know how many students applied, but let's say 100 students applied or, or you know, it's more than 30 students applied. There were more uh, students applied than the slots that were available. And I, I thought that was I thought that was something that was I was I was grateful for that opportunity and I made some great bonds. So I never really seriously considered transfer. Now, if I went to land there and it was like, oh, this place stinks. Get me out of here. And I probably would have went to Carolina. But so um, I went to the game as a fan and I just kept I was cutting up. You know, I cut up. If you if you I know Tennessee fans, they don't like sitting by me or any team. Like if my, if my team winning. And I'm not doing a bunch. I'm, you know, we do, we got the, we got a whole towel waving thing going. We got the whole is another Carolina throw down. And I was doing this all night. I was doing it all for So that's what I was doing. That's why my voice is suspect. All right, folks. I've done a very long on the road again. Let's get to the best advice ever segment. We're just going to be fast because Thanksgiving, holidays are coming up. And one of the challenges that we have during this time of the year it's sometimes we connect with family members that it, it it it's challenging. We come from dysfunctional situations. What again? I see a lot of this, and I, I'm you know I'm kind of torn because I was doing some research about this topic, and basically I was saying how to get along with family members during the holidays, or how to get along with difficult family members. But the articles that kept coming up was saying how to deal with toxic family members. And it was this labeling of, hey, and maybe we do have toxic family. I know everyone has family members that are challenging, but I'm toxic family member from time to time. Like I have some toxicity. Like, I I don't know. I, I struggle a little bit with the labeling of people because we aren't all one thing. There's moments I've been toxic, but I'm not a toxic family member. I've had toxic behaviors. I've made toxic decisions. So, so I don't know, man. I, I I did find that to be a little bit like, why is everybody 
labeling things like this just happened to me with one on my on my on my uh on my uh page on my facebook page there's a video and somebody made a post like i'm very disappointed about your homophobic comments i'm like what there's no homophobic comments what i'm homophobic now like no man why why do we automatically just make people these things so yeah i'm gonna give you some quick advice on how to navigate the holidays with difficult family members whether they're dysfunctional toxic whatever i, I I've, I've been a part of extended families for the last 22 years and i have a great uh extended family like my my, my in-laws and my wife's family they're great. The only challenge I have is driving to their location. And I, I just, just, my wife's from a, from a small town that's about two hours from where we live. And when we drive, I just, I just like, man, this, it's one of the driest drives. It's just dry. It's a dry drive. And I, that's, it, it pains me. I mean, it's, there's, so that we, we, you know, I've communicated my thoughts about this, but I have a great extended family. There's, there's very, I'm probably the toxic person. I'm the person that came into this scenario that like, Hey, they need to manage me because <laughs> they find they very loving, uh, good folks, just good salt of the earth folks. And so, uh, these quick, quick, I normally say the best advice ever, but I'm going to give you three tips. Three tips that hopefully will help you navigate the holiday season a little better. The first one, if you're finding yourself dealing with family members and you, you don't have, you know, you find yourself getting into these issues and, 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 and it's not a great experience. The first thing I would tell you is to social distance. Yeah. Social distance yourself from that particular. If there's one particular person, that hits your triggers, that has all these smart comments, that always has shade, that always coming for you, that's always in their feelings, whatever these terminologies that we now use, social distance. So if they go in the living room, you need to go in the kitchen. If they're in the kitchen, you need to go in the living room. You need to keep, keep it moving. Socially distance yourself from the person. Because I'm, And I'm, this is what I'm saying. If you've had conversation, if you've communicated how you feel, if y'all had discussion and there still has been no resolution, then you got social distance. I'm not talking about avoiding people, ignoring people. What I'm saying is we've clearly communicated over the years. I've told you I don't like talking about that. I don't like when you bring that up. I don't like when you touch me. I don't like when you talk about my kids, whatever the issues are, you know, well-documented, socially distanced, say, okay, when that person comes in here, or you find out what time they're coming, or oh, that person coming from this time, get yourself mentally prepared. Say, hey, what time is uh, Annie Annie coming? Uh, Luli Luli coming? Oh, Luli Luli going to be here at uh, 12. We'll get there. We'll get there at 2. What time's dinner? Dinner's at 3.30. Okay, we're going to get there at uh at 2.30, give myself an hour. We got all this all this long time just hanging out. We got a cool hour. So social distance. Make sure you're on the move. This, if there's a person, if there's, some, if there's a person that you just know, they exacerbate you. You got social distance. The second thing is have a plan and communicate your plan before going in. Like I tell my, my wife, if we going 
to where she said, we was like, hey, we, you know, man, we used to go to places. And again, the stuff that I would get all up in knots about, it wasn't people. It was just like, we would go to her parents' house, then we have to go to her grandparents' house, then we had to go to aunt. Like, it was just like all this movement. And I don't, and, and it's not like, so like if I'm, I'm from Camden. So in Camden, we go to my parents' house, we drive two minutes, and we at my grandma's house, we drive another six minutes. We had this one. No, you got to drive two hours, and then you got to drive another 15 minutes, then you got to drive another 10 minutes. And you, so let's have the plan. Hey, what, what are we doing? Where are we going? How many stops? What time are we going to leave? Have all that stuff solidified and, and be clear. It's like, all right, we're going to get there at 7 that morning. And we're gonna leave at three thirty that night or that evening, or we're gonna stay the night and we're gonna leave the next day at lunch. Like, so be clear to communicate your expectations and what you're thinking. Sometimes in relationships, especially, you can have a plan, but you have not shared your plan. So not only have you created a plan, but please communicate your plan. So that's the second tip: create and communicate. C and C, create. And communicate, and even to the smallest detail, the my, most minute piece of information. And then the last, the last one I would say, and this one you probably don't want to hear, because this is a little old school right here. This is a little old school. Be, uh, this is the number three: how to navigate through difficult, difficult family members. Grin and bear it. Just be grin and bear it. I, you know, I, I've I've been thinking a lot about you know where I am in my life and, and family members. And the honest truth of uh, of many things, I've had therapy. I've been involved in some high level mindset training and conferences and coaching and mentoring. And I just have some more information that some other folks don't have, and they may not know that to say that. Is disrespectful or it hurts for just these folks are doing the best that they can do. And yeah, maybe they could be a little bit more empathetic and loving and a little bit more jovial, but life then dealt them a, a, a rough hand and things hadn't been going their way. And they may not even be angry with you. They're angry with their self when they see you, because they say, man, we came from the same place. We did the same stuff and you doing so well. So in some of those instances, just grin and bear it, man. This will last two hours. It'll last a day. And honestly, man, you don't know how much longer you have with folks anyway. So just try to enjoy the time that you do have because what they say, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. So grin and bear it. There's sometimes you might just want to bite your tongue. You don't have to get in an argument about everything. You don't have to correct everyone. You don't have to, you know, be the advocate. This might say some outlandish, racist, <laughs> misogynistic, homophobic, whatever the stuff is people to say. And some, you know, I'm not saying condone bad behavior, but in some instances, hey, y'all probably wouldn't refer to them by using that term anymore. Grin and bear it. 
Don't don't go into all out war. Don't don't engage. And again, I'm talking about with folks who are not open. I'm not talking about reasonable folks. I'm not talking about folks that was like, oh, I'm glad you made that. No, I'm talking about folks that you've continually been at odds with. You've been continuously have had strife with. This is the Hatfield and McCoy type situation. I'm talking about this is longstanding. And I just thought of a third one. Pray. A fourth one. Pray. This, this, this should be first. But pray before any of this. Pray before you even get into it. Not just to pray. You know, sometimes people pray this general pray, pr- prayers. Just pray sp- specifically. Say, God, you know, it wears me out to go back home and have dinner with these folks. Give me some grace and long suffering and understanding and humility to not have to defend myself and be right and correct everyone. Like, yeah, I should start off with prayer. Like, like legitimately pray that you can bless the folks that you're going to spend time with, that you will be a blessing to this event. Not that you're going to endure this event. You're going to survive this event. You're going to make it through this event. Like, no, you're going to go bless folks at this event. Yeah, that was that, that was fresh. That was fresh from the from the Lord, right? That's so pray, like legit, like go into some time of solitude and say, "Hey, what can I get out of this? What can I what I, what can I what can I what can I bring into this environment that would sow peace and harmony and 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 love and support?" So, yeah, let's rearrange that. So, let, make no more praying. Pray prior you know before the event pray before you go and get a, get a sense of peace get a sense of of calm and then number two the new number two is social distance now you don't pray but you still know the people that have quick access to your buttons some folks just get they got like bloodstream button access they go right to it so so social distance uh, the other one is have a creative plan and communicate it. That's number the new number three. And then number four is just to simply grin and bear it. Just get a little tougher skin. Let it roll off your, your back like like water off a duck's back or whatever the expression is. Uh, but give a little bit extended grace just let let folks let people be who they are everybody hadn't had the tools and the information and the experience and and the enlightenment that you've had so hopefully these will help you navigate through your holiday upcoming holiday season also i want to make a note i wrote recently about this in a in in a email that some folks are having a hard time during the holidays, so keep that in mind. Everybody's not um, dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sled. There's some folks that's really hurting, so at least have that in the back of your mind. That, and this may be a diff- difficult time for the person that you're interacting with. All right, so it's time to wrap up. I'll also, please send in your questions to Ask the Bowtie. You can send those to info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. Um, but before I re- before I roll out, you know we got to do the what you're not gonna do segment. Got a couple. 
keeping it brief. Number one, like I made mention to the Branson experience, the trip. Well, I came down that morning at 3 a.m. to check out. Now, checking out, you can just leave your key and they can check out later. But I needed to get my car from valet. That was the issue. I got down there. There was nobody behind the desk. There was a sign that said, hey, we'll return shortly. Sorry for the inconvenience. Thank you for your patience. I'm like, what you're not going to do is throw off my timeline. Man, I got, hey, I got, hey, look. I got to be back to catch this flight. And, man, similar to when that girl recently tried to pick me up on Uber and kept riding in circles. I'm, I'm sitting there. I mean, I said about 10 minutes and then I start pushing buttons to to like the snack room. And I, I started trying to figure out, OK, so then I end up calling the front desk because it was a it was a convention center. So there was another part of the hotel. So I call that hotel and they were like, oh, no one's there. No. So she's like, I'll call. And then she called on walkie talkie, but the walkie talkie was right there on at the front desk. It's like. So this woman shows up probably like 15 minutes later, basically like, oh, I went to change the tape. and Man, what you're not going to do is have my whole travel situation thrown off. That's that's what you're not going to do. Another thing that was real wild. So I went to the, went to the South Carolina, Tennessee game. And um, so we're leaving. And there were some guys that pulled up beside us. And they pulled down the windows like, hey, man. I pulled out my window like, why you ain't got nobody in the car riding with you? That's a nice car. I'm like, what? My son's in the back seat, man. Hey, what you not going to do is sit in here this bumper to bumper traffic with this dumb question. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's a nice car, man. You have somebody in there with you. Hey, man. And I don't think these people are drunk. I just think that this is what folks are concerned with. Other people's business, man. Thank y'all so much for checking in um, on another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. I'm your boy, Mike Goodwin. Please check me out on my social media uh, accounts. You can find me at Bowtie Comedy on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook, Comedian Mike Goodwin. You can go to my website at MikeGoodwin.com. Also, please rate, subscribe, forward this to other folks, and let them know how much of a good time we're having over here on this, on this podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Peace.